0: Welcome to our podcast, Sounding Off with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's KimMunson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. That way you'll get first look at all of these upcoming op-eds and podcasts that we're doing. And uh, you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. On the line with me is Dr. Jill Vecchio. She is a healthcare expert. She's a radiologist. uh, And she actually read the complete Obamacare, the Unaffordable Care Act, Uh, that was um, passed when Obama was in office. And so she really knows what was in it. And uh, quite frankly, my friends, we need to make sure that our elected representatives are only passing legislation, uh, whether or not it's uh, on the local level, all the way up to Congress, only passing uh, legislation that they have read and they know what is in it. If it's too long to do that, then they need to get back to the drawing board. Don't you agree, Dr. Jill?
1: Oh, a- absolutely. It's nice that Colorado has a law that I think every, or a statute or whatever, that every um, bill that's presented can only deal with one subject. Whereas in yes. Washington, they have, it, it, and let's face it, none of the congressmen draw up this legislation themselves. Okay, none of them. They have other people do it for them, and most of the time it's lobbyists that drop this legislation. So they pick their own little pet project, get with some lawyers, and smash together a whole bunch of things into, what now, a 5,000-page piece of legislation. They give them less than 24 hours to have any semblance of review before a vote. Yeah, this, this, this just keeps outlining what... Uh, what you and I have been talking about in the last two podcasts, and I would recommend highly that people listen to those. It's episode 58 and episode 60. Episode 58, I go through COVID, how it was handled, how it was politicized, and used to control the people. Then in episode 60, we progressed into the concept of the elitists in the world and especially in our country on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. Politician elitists, we started to talk about central bank elitists, Hollywood elite, media elite, and let's face it, what, only about six entities or almost individuals own almost every single media outlet, newspaper, magazines, uh, radio, and television. Uh, they they own the majority of the main media, and I don't mean just not Fox. I mean, Fox is certainly included in that group. But they own all the media in our country and practically the world. You know, so, Jill, uh,
0: Alexis de Tocqueville had said something that was so amazing about uh, the American idea was that there were so many different publications. And with so many different publications, you're going to get so many different points of view, and you would get uh, a really a watchdog on what, what was going on with government. Now that we have big business, big government, big data, big media, they all like each other, and that is very dangerous for everyday people like you and me.
1: Absolutely. It's, it's turning into a we're the little people and they're the privileged people, and that's why I wanted to talk today about Hunger Games, the movie The Hunger Games. And this came out in 2012. At the time, there was a lot of political discourse on the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. All of the political discourse that I found, because I, I went back to see, what did, they, what did they say at the time? All of the political discourse at the time was pitting Democrats versus Republicans. And, and it came out, um, when they, and they talked about Hunger Games during the Republican primary debates. Called, calling uh, Donald Trump President Snow, and I'll go into the, some of the characters. I'm. Gonna, I'll just. I'll give a brief review of Hunger Games. But if I strongly recommend if you haven't seen it, put it on your list to see because what we're living through at this moment, was political elites trying to frame good patriots. I mean, granted, there was there were some people that were acted. In the heat of the moment and did stupid things by going into the Capitol. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't condone anything that happened there. But to try and blame the entire Trump movement for storming the Capitol, and I think you had somebody that on today that had been at the Capitol, wasn't exactly storming the Capitol, and the only people that were aggressive were probably Antifa people. Anyway, the idea that they. Are constantly they 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 are afraid of the Trump movement because he brought people together, and that's where uh, the analogy Edith. he brought
0: is. people together. And to that point, our guest that had been at the Capitol said that at the rally, there were people all different ages, all different walks of life, uh, all different races, all different sexes, all the all the descriptors. They were there, mm-hmm. and when and. I, Americans like that word unity. So the Democrats, they say the word unity when what is happening. And when I say Democrats, that's this radical activist, progressive group that has taken over the Democrat Party. When they say the word unity, they know that that is something that is important to us as everyday people. But what they do on a consistent basis is try to pit people against each other. Jill,
1: I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to say that. The political elites on both sides do it. We are pitted against the Democrats. That's what I want to talk about today. Okay. Remember who the real enemy is. That was a great moment in the Hunger Games. So let's go back, and I'll give a brief overview of what the Hunger Games are for people who who don't know who who've never seen it? Because I think you've not seen it, correct? You haven't seen it. No, I've
0: not seen it. Right.
1: Okay. So let me see if I can I can do this. So uh, it it starts out there is a it was a, it was a series of books then turned into a movie. The premise is the United States. There's been a catastrophic, climactic, or nuclear war or some climate change. Right. The Democrat. The the the. Climate change, people wanted to jump on it and say, well, the Hunger Games starts out because climate change ruined the – destroyed the earth, and the only thing left is the United States. Then the United States gets divided up into a capital and then 12 districts. Each district is like a piece of the pie around a central capital that just happens to be in the Rocky Mountains, by the way. Then uh, each – and each district has its own job. One is – Um, agriculture, one is mining, one is lumber, one is, um, you know, hydroelectric, you know, another one is power, and another one is military, that sort of thing, right? So each district has its own job to do. And the central capital, quotations, right, air quotes, takes care of the people. There was an uprising at some point, and that's where kind of where the, the book comes in 74 years after this uprising initially happened. There was an uprising against the Capitol because the districts were kept very poor. They weren't allowed to communicate much. And all they did was um, there were worker bees. They didn't get to enjoy the fruits of their own labors. All of that had to go to the Capitol to support the elites in the Capitol. And in the Capitol, the people dress crazy. I mean, just like, you know, monster feather dresses and huge wigs of you know metallic gold i mean w- weird things eyelashes that are 6 inches long i mean it's just like they are the epitome of, of excess the epitome of wealth and excess after this uprising was put down by the capital they punished the districts one of them was practically laid waylaid anyway they punished the districts, and as a result, in order to continue their punishment and keep the people in their place, they required each district to essential, to, to put forth, um, by drawing their names, put forth a, a boy and a girl, not a man and a woman, a boy and a girl from each district, and then the, this is the Hunger Games, and then they bring them to the Capitol, and they put them in a, a very elaborate man-made arena like a whole forest or something might be an arena. And these kids have to fight to the death. And there's only one victor, right? And that's just meant to as, as persistent and constant humiliation, fear mongering, they have peacekeepers that come in and, and squelch any, any discourse at all uh you're not allowed to communicate there's no communication between the districts or really much with between the people of the districts except when the capital uh has mandatory viewing of something and it just pops up all over the place highly computerized arrangement and it, the the tv just comes on wherever you are and you have to watch you're forced to watch whatever they want to tell you what does that sound like already
0: yeah, I remember now, why I didn't now go is, to the movie.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, no, scary. It's, it's scary. Important. It's just it, scary. It is, but it's but it's an important lesson, and there's so many parallels. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Now, the Great Reset is the same thing, like I said. Agenda 21, the new world order that George H.W. Bush introduced to us, uh, globalism, and now, this, now they're calling it the Great Reset. It's all the same game. The idea is that there will be As there is now, a central bank, um, central bank, it'll it'll be different. They're going to have to crash the economic systems around the world and to start a new monetary system that will probably be somehow digitally based. Right. Okay. Um, So,
0: Jill, do you think that is the reason why uh, with the not I'm not happy with Trump regarding uh, this big stimulus that that he brought forward? Uh, but now we've got Biden talking, morphing even more and more money. And when, and oh. we were talking about it on the show the other day. And Steve said, to what end? Why are we borrowing and printing all of this money? To what end? Is it to crash the system, do you think?
1: Yes. Yes. They ha- America has to go down. And, and the world has to go down. They have to crash this monetary banking system in order to justify and to sell to the people hey we need a whole new system because this one isn't working all it is it's, it's debt every country in the world is bankrupt virtually they no country in in the in the world could ever pay off their debt ever 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 and it's so and the banks didn't care for a long time because all they all they did was keep reissuing the loans and and with more money so that the interest could still be paid because all the banks care about is the interest. So once once they they they've extended that game, it's called the bailout game, but it's extended they've extended that game as far as it can go. So that now countries can't even begin to pay the interest on all of these successive loan and reissue and reissue and reissue that's been done over the past 100 years. That being said, uh, so, th- so that is a Great Reset. Also included in the Great Reset, not kidding, decreasing the world's population by four-fifths. Hmm. They're going to separate the, and this is from Agenda 21, like it says all the same stuff. They want to separate the world into districts and have one central ruling body. And it, it's kind of like better living through, they're calling it a, uh, We're going to improve capitalism through government. Wow. Really? Hmm. Who's buying that? Somebody who doesn't understand what capitalism is. This is Mm -hmm. essentially the Great Reset, Agenda 20. All of this is one world socialism. And the problem, and I want everybody to listen to this very carefully, the problem with what our kids are being told about socialism is that they're being told that under socialism, the people will run things, and everybody will be equal. That's what they're being told. The fact is, the only time people are equal is when they govern themselves, and that is not socialism. Socialism is an ultimate hierarchy where there is a small group of elites at the top, who absolutely control the populace? The only way socialism can work at all as a system is when there is absolute control by a small number of elite, because the people, given free choice at all, will automatically become unequal. Right? And you brought this up. I love this analogy. You said, give give somebody, give give a hundred people a hundred dollars and wait six months and then go back and see what's happened to all those hundred dollars. And it will be vastly different. You will have, nobody will be the same. That's what, that's what capitalism is about. That's what a free people, people free to make their own decisions. That's what that's about. You're always going to have inequality in a truly free system. And that's good. We're never meant to be homogeneous. We're not meant to be exactly the same god made us with free choice our constitution acknowledged that free choice we were never meant to agree on politics it's a good thing that we didn't agree on politics or what would the constitution look like if there hadn't been all of that discussion all of that discourse it's not a perfect document but this best one we've got
0: but what we did agree on jill in america which was so radically unique was that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, we can disagree on different things within that, but that is a bedrock thing that we can't disagree on. And Coolidge said, if all men are created equal, that is final. And so the question is, if you don't believe that all men are created equal, wait, we all come into this earth in here uh, when we're born, we all come in basically the same way. Now, some of us have different talents or we some people may have some challenges or whatever but we are created equal as human beings the other thing that you said early on here was that in the hunger games there's these 12 districts and people are just worker bees and that's the thing that people need to understand that socialism when they think that right now it's all about free stuff It's not about free stuff. That's the carrot to get you to vote for socialism, but they have to have worker bees. And so the the foundational question, which is different between socialism and capitalism, capitalism says that you, the individual, get to keep most of the fruits of your labor and you get to make decisions with what you're going to do with that. Socialism, and so you have to work to do that. Socialism says you have to work. But we take all the fruits of your labor and we decide what to do with that. That's the big difference, Jill. And I don't think our young people understand that.
1: No, because, and the reason they don't, and the reason that they're saying it the way they are is because they have to keep us at each other's throats. That's what the Hunger Games, and the Hunger Games... One gal volunteered for her because her her little sister got chosen, so she volunteers to be at what they call the tributes to go to these Hunger Games and you know be kill or be killed. She turns out to defy the Capitol by turning the games upside down a bit, and she becomes the new because there are people waiting in the background for a revolution. They're waiting for another uprising. They want, but they're looking for the right person to lead it so they see what this Katniss they see what she does um, and they start calling her the Mockingjay so she convinces she helps to show the districts that they don't have to play this game with the elites because look at what what they did was separating everything into districts the analogy could be identity politics how many different mm-hmm. districts mm-hmm. of identity politics do we have? And the capital, the elite on both sides of the aisle, in the media, Hollywood, everything else, they only survive. Their elite system is only allowed to survive because we are all fighting each other all the time. Trump threatened that system by bringing people of different identity groups together with a common cause and a common sense set of ideas that are the same ideas on which our wonderful country was founded and the same ideas for which a revolutionary war was fought to begin with. That scares the heck out of them. They have a fragile system. You really think about it. Their system is fragile, just like in Hunger Games. The capital system was fragile. If they didn't have all the worker bees, being kept in their place, feeding the capital system, then they couldn't survive because they had no skills themselves. They didn't do anything, and they weren't about to do anything. They don't want to work. They just want to run things. That is socialism. That is the one world order. That's what we're dealing with in America right now. Donald Trump threatened that system. Now, when you think about the separation – So identity politics, think of them as the 12 districts. We've got race politics, gender politics, and and sexual orientation politics, corporate politics. We've got Republicans, Democrats, socialists, communists, uh, libertarians. What What if we put those differences down for just long enough to recognize who the real enemy is? is forget democrat republican they that's exactly what they want they want us to be at each other's throats they'd love it if we had a civil war because let's face it there are too many people in the world global climate change right we need fewer people in the world planned parenthood right so if we if we can start a civil war by getting all these groups at each other's throats and then if we can instigate i.e antifa Black Lives Matter. If we can instigate violence between these groups, shoot, man, that'll keep everybody busy for quite a while. And it'll decrease the population. Wow. Two birds with one stone.
0: Okay. To that point, let's go back just to the Trump rally. And you mentioned that I recently had on the show a woman who was there, eyewitness. She was at the rally. She went down to the Capitol and uh, she thought it was odd. There were those that the very front that seemed like they were trying to, as you use the word instigate. And uh, then she said the Trump Trump people, uh, it did go through that uh, said that somebody had been shot. A woman had been shot. And again, um, I had, I had seen a um, video that said that it looked, it was apparent that it looked like these uh, people were trying to instigate people to incite, incite them to do something. Right. basically, out of um, 350 to 600,000 people that were there, nobody really did that. That was the only thing, and it was tragic that happened. But I had another guest on who said that he had friends that had gone to the Capitol or had been at the rally, and he said there was not one t shirt that was stolen, there was not one cart. That was turned over, which is totally different than what happened with the Antifa and Black Lives Matter movement during the summer where they went, they smashed the windows in New York. They went in and they took, uh, stole, they took the, the goods that were there and just compare that. The n- mainstream yeah. media is trying to say that this was a, an insurrection, but yet when you really look at it, it was regular people and they went home. So continue on, uh, Jill.
1: But exactly. This is the media had to. Well, in the first place, it was a setup. I think that's really clear. You start looking at all of these videos and it, it's very clear um, that it, there was a setup to turn. To, to split the country like, oh, wait a second. Is Trump really good or, or is he worse than I even thought? Right. So people who were on the fence about Trump and the Trump movement. Or were positive about it. They're like, oh my gosh, maybe I was wrong this whole time, right? They have to, they have to raise questions. They also, let's face it, the real reason that they set up this whole Capitol riot was, well, there may be another one, but uh, or at least it was set up, and somebody maybe took advantage of it. Nancy Pelosi's laptop is missing, or at least one. Anyway, the the setup was really to progress to look how look how fast they jumped on it's trump's fault it's trump's fault he did it impeach i mean literally days later impeach the president with no no research into what happened this is this is absolutely no due process whatsoever they are so right. desperate to get rid of donald trump they are so afraid of him and i guess the question should be why are they so afraid they just won an election. Why are they so afraid? He's going to be out of office in a matter of days. Why are they so afraid? What? Why is he such a threat right now to them?
0: That is Dude, the question. When has, that ever
1: happened? when has that happened before? Something is up. Something is wrong. They are scared to death because their fragile system, That's very extensive. I mean, this is worldwide. This is going on worldwide, folks. It is a small group of elites not only in politics, certainly both sides of the aisle. Every, all the countries have their little contribution to this elite squad, well, not, maybe not all of them, uh, but certainly the larger com- countries, the more corrupt and powerful countries have their set of elites that are all in this together for this great reset, they are all in it together for a great reset. They don't care about their people any more than our politicians care about us. It is not about politics. It is not about justice. It is not about uh, socialism. The people get to rule and everybody will be. It's not about equality. It's not about climate change. It's not. This is about a ruling set of elite who just don't want to have to deal with the little people anymore. They need to set up a system whereby they will be sitting pretty. They will be like the crazy-looking people with pink dresses and pink dogs and gold hair in the capital in Hunger Games. That's why I wanted to bring up the Hunger Games analogy. I like to think of things in analogies because then a lot of times it, it clarifies the main issues. For me, Hunger Games. Every time they talked about the politics of Hunger Games when it came out and when the books came out, it, always, it was always pitted socialism versus capitalism, global warming versus deniers, um, left versus right, Republican versus Democrat. Donald Sutherland. Even in the special features of the uh, you know you, you buy a DVD and they have the special features section twenty. Donald Sutherland even says, people need to see this, Democrats need to see this, because this is what the Republicans are going to do to you, and that's why I wanted to do this movie. Oh, my god. Donald gosh. Sutherland said that. Yes. Now, you tell me. That shocked me, because all the time I'm watching, my husband and I are watching Hunger Games for the first time, I'm going, wow, this is amazing that they made this movie about what they, what these people want to <laughs> do to us, <laughs> and then Donald Sutherland Thinks exactly the opposite. Why? Because they're pitting us against each other. They but he actually, I think he really,
0: no, he really knows. He really knows that it's not freedom people who want to live their lives and uh, you have the benefits of capitalism. He knows what he's saying. He knows that it really is them that is doing it. He really, I think he really knows it's the well,
1: elites. Don't well, you? He probably is one. He probably is an elite. Donald Sutherland, really? I'll bet he yeah. is an elite. So, or he thinks he is. Right. now. So, and some of these people they, they, that are so elites... The Hunger Games. Go ahead.
0: Well, some of these people that are elites that think that they're going to be part of the elites, they might be surprised.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Where do you think you're going to fit into this system, Sparky? Yeah. yeah. So they've already got their people picked <laughs> out. I mean, they, they've got their chosen few. The, when they talk about Bilderberg Group, made me angry when Hugh Hewitt would never admit... That the, that the Bilderberg group existed. He wouldn't talk about it. If anybody called on his show, he just wouldn't address it. He just slammed them shut. Really? Because it does exist. You know, We've seen video of them going into the meetings. We know where it is every year. Every year we know where the Bilderberg group meeting is. We know who's been to the meetings. They're don't you know, that's don't different tell than... me that it doesn't exist. And why is Hugh Hewitt saying it doesn't exist? You find out for yourself, Sparky, you know, you, and, and you tell the truth to us. About this. Okay, question. If we, if everybody finds out that there's that there's this two-sided global elite group that's working together, that's working together on both sides of our political aisles, on all sides of our political aisles, then people's eyes are going to open up, and that's when it starts to threaten the system.
0: Okay, the Bilderberg thing is different than Davos, although they work to accomplish the same thing. So the Davos thing is the World Economic Forum.
1: Same right. players. Okay. Well, and, and well, right. But yes. So Davos World Economic Forum is the great reset. And uh, there's no there's no difference. Maybe who attends the meetings, who who shows their faces as attending the meetings. Maybe is more public with, with the World Economic Forum than the Bilderberg group, because that's definitely highly uh, guarded. The security is insane. And it's a very private meeting, but you can see, you can you can stand out there and take pictures, which people do. They take videos of every car that is driving in. And sometimes you can see through the windows and see who it is. George Soros, definitely there's one great picture of George Soros driving into a Bilderberg meeting in his, you know, limousine. But it, so they have to keep us battling each other. Now, you think about it, 24 million copies of the Hunger Games DVD sold. Now, granted, not everybody looks at the special features, but potentially 24 million people saw Donald Sutherland be, I mean, he was practically agitated, saying, people need to understand this is what the Republicans want to do to us. 24 million people on a DVD. Wow. You know, and that's why you need to pay attention to what they're saying. Stop stop allowing us to rip each other to shreds. That's what Trump did. He brought people together from different identity yeah. groups and said, "Look who the real enemy is." Drain the swamp.
0: Wow. That is why they have gone after him since day 1, right?
1: Absolutely. He threatened their fragile system. And yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens then. I'm anxious to see I know <laughs> how does you know what what, can, what, what comes next because this is this is a much better movie than Hunger Games what we're seeing here <laughs>
0: politically I I think I'd prefer to just have it be a movie <laughs> not something that we're living through right now what exactly. the what should What should we be doing, Jill, in your opinion? Uh, There's a lot of unknowns right now. But first of all, we have got to get our brains around who is the real enemy. That's what I hear you say. What do we do about it?
1: Talk to each other. You know, you want to talk about uh, discourse and the Republicans and Democrats are always like, how can we get more people under our umbrella? How can we convince people to be Republicans? It's like, stop, stop. What you want to do is convince people to recognize the real system that's in play. And that's not going to be hard. Congress had what? I'll, I'll bet Congress now has about a 2% approval rating. I mean, before, with Obamacare, is 12%. I'll bet it's much lower than that now. They they haven't done anything for years. Nothing useful. Except impeach Trump twice. mm It's not going to be hard to start a conversation with anyone with, well, what do you think of all those politicians? You know, what's the last – and and don't bring Trump into it. For God's sake, don't mention Trump right off the bat. And don't use any catchphrases and stay away from abortion and pot and all that junk. What we need to focus on is how Congress – how our politicians on both sides of the aisle have ignored us for decades they don't care about us that that's not a hard conversation to have with anybody i can even i can even have a good conversation with my aunt about it and she's a die-hard democrat so we can agree on on that that there's Corruption in politics that they aren't that they're working more for themselves than for us. That's where you start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Forget, forget the people need to understand. Forget it's noise. It's
0: noise. And people need to understand that if you have a politician that gets up and says, I care about you, therefore, I'm going to give you X. Understand that means that that X has to be taken from someone else. And Both do they are. really care <laughs> about you? Right to take from other people to give to another person, and you can, by golly, bet that they, those politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties, they take a big cut of that money as it goes by. There are some people out there that really care about the American idea, and I think about these founders. That my gosh, you talk about a group of people that is getting a bad rap. Uh, many of them died penniless. Many of them lost their lives, but they were willing to do that for this idea that all men are created equal with these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Jill, we need to elect representatives that represent us that believe in those ideals. Um, We're getting near... What do you think? uh, Are we getting near kind of a closing on this, or um, should we do another podcast? What's your thoughts
1: on that? We could do another podcast that would... Follow up, and it doesn't have to be long. It can be brief, um, where we can take it right back to our Declaration of Independence. I think that's okay. I, I think, think so. people people don't hear what why we really separated from England, what the what the complaints were, and how many of these complaints we can apply directly. To what's been happening in the United States for the past 50 years.
0: Okay, I think that's a great idea. When you and I first met each other, we were on the radio together and we went through the Declaration of Independence, and I learned so much about that. So I think, yes, I think that's a podcast that stands alone. Uh, What's the final thought that you'd like to leave with uh, our listeners on this today,
1: Jill? Stop allowing the media, the politicians, The elite groups in our country and around the world, stop letting them divide us. The bottom line is, remember who the real enemy is. And I'm not calling for armed warfare or armed protests or anything like that. I'm calling for, let's put down our rhetoric and start just talking to each other about what we truly believe in our hearts with no political talk, you're going to find we come together, and that will scare the heck out of them. Uh,
0: okay, Jill. And that's why we do these podcasts, the radio show is to help you listeners, get your brain around these issues so you can engage in this battle of ideas that we are engaged in right now in the United States of America. Jill, I love these conversations. They go so quickly. Dr. Jill, thank you so much, and we will get to a time schedule to get this next podcast recorded. I really appreciate you. Um, thank you.
1: Take care, Kim. Thank you.
0: And to each of you listeners out there, uh, I I greatly appreciate you. And remember, God bless you and God bless America.